gonemobile.io. It's Gone Mobile. This episode is sponsored by Raygun. Discover, diagnose, and understand the root cause of error, crash, and performance issues in your apps in seconds. See how your apps are really performing and where they encounter problems with Raygun's incredible full-stack software intelligence platform. Raygun works with all major programming languages and platforms, including iOS, Android, and Xamarin, giving you full visibility over every issue affecting your users. I use Raygun in all of my own apps and highly recommend you give it a try. It only takes a few minutes and you're up and running in your app. Sign up for a free trial today over at raygun.com and make sure to thank them for sponsoring Gone Mobile. Welcome back to another episode of Gone Mobile. How you doing, John? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. Just coming off, uh, last weekend was the local uh, New York City Code Camp, which was which a lot of fun. How'd that um, go? Surprisingly well. Like I had, They saddled me with uh, a 9 a.m. talk about Akka and distributed systems and stuff, and I, <laughs> I wasn't sure that I could even be awake at 9 a.m. for that, much less people would actually show up. But I was pleasantly surprised. I had a, a room full of people asking questions, which put me on the spot, but you know, at least they were awake and interested. I saw a lot of Twitter activity going on that morning, and it looked, uh, looked pretty good. Um, it seems like it was successful. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a good camp. Uh, it's always good. One day we'll get you down for it. <laughs> cool. So, uh, so yeah, let's, let's just get into it today, I think. Um, so for this episode, we're, we're excited to welcome uh, Matthew Leibowitz to, to talk about Skia Sharp and, and all things uh, graphical related. How's it going, Matthew? I'm going well. Yourself? Oh, can't complain. Can't complain. Um, so, so why don't we, let's start with the, the really, really basic stuff here. I'll just lob you a complete softball. Like, what the heck is Skia? Yeah. Skia is, is, is basically um, Google's very powerful, but it's, it's a 2D graphics sort of engine that, that's basically designed for, it's, system, it's sort of like uh, system.drawing, sort of like that, but with far more features and uh, the bonus that it's cross-platform. And it literally, it is the engine that powers Chrome, Chrome OS, Mozilla, basically WebKit, and of course, Android and various other Google devices that... No, the operating system stuff. Google uses it as their primary um, graphics engine. Yeah, I think that's. So they they maintain it. They they built it. Did, like, is there a little bit of a history behind it? Like, when when was Skia sort of uh, created, and and what's kind of the pace lately of its uh, maintenance? I'm I'm not too sure of its you know, deep dark origins, but its pace for development is literally it's it's like a roller coaster of just. They adding new features like they adding Vulkan uh, Vulkan API. I think that is what it's pronounced. Um, the graphics stuff, and then there's you know, they've got uh, they're working on like various the back end. So and now they've got OpenGL and DirectX via um, Angle, but they've got all the other graphics engines they're adding and various other platforms that come out. They're basically proactively adding it on a daily basis. There's like hundreds of commits, rollbacks, and recommits and. Well, it's easier to have a lot of commits if you also have rollbacks in there, right? <laughs> um, so, does the does the name Skia actually mean anything? Do you know, like a, or is that just some random name they came up with? I, I I'm not sure. Yeah, it started. Let me see when it actually started. It started quite a while ago. I think you know. Well, it's, it's been around since Androids began because that was the engine powering Android. So it's been several years, and I don't think the internet history goes far back. <laughs> You know, <laughs> cool. 
Cool. So, so you mentioned in passing, uh, you know, OpenGL and DirectX and stuff. Does that mean that you're able to to use Skia to do 3D stuff in addition to 2D, or are there some limitations there? No, not really. Uh, it's it's more 2D. So basically, you would just say like draw a line, and then it will create uh, get the OpenGL context and stuff, and then draw it a 2D line in the 3D world. So you, you could technically. Uh, um, because you can draw to a texture, you can take a 3D world and just sort of uh, draw 2D graphics on 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 a texture or some other frame buffer if you've got an existing context. But yeah, it's primarily just draw, uh, drawing uh, 2D and 2D only. So uh, I'll give a little bit of background that I, I didn't offer at the start of the show. Matthew is actually uh, part of the same team that I work for at, at uh, Microsoft uh, within Xamarin. Um, so... You know, he was a pretty easy guest to get on this episode, and it seems like lately, all you know, most of his work has been surrounding uh, Skia, but then this library that we kind of sit on top of Skia called Skia Sharp. So, Matthew, can you give a little bit of an introduction now that we've kind of talked about what Skia itself is um, to what Skia Sharp is as well? Skia Sharp is, is basically just what you said—a super lightweight layer of of making it exposing the the native C plus plus and C code to to manage worlds such as like Visual Basic .NET, <laughs> if you do that, or, or C sharp or F sharp, and it's I we've been trying to to keep it as thin the layer as possible. Sure, we've got some cool features that .NET provides and extension methods and all sorts of other you know. Oh, I'm using a .NET environment. I would use this method. So I've tried to you know, add those, but at the same time, for the course gear sharp, not you know add too much. Whatever needs to be done has to be done by the native engine. And that, that way we can, when Google releases an update, it's relatively quick to just say, okay, this has changed. We can pop out a binding because it's pretty much uh, quite a fluid API. So if we had to do a lot of work in the managed, we could get. So now you have Skia Sharp, which is, you know, the, this .NET implementation and exposure for, for the underlying Skia stuff. Like what platforms does that allow me to, to take Skia to and, and start writing uh, applications using it? The answer to that is what platform would you like? It's basically it covers it covers the desktop, mobile, <laughs> everything, Matthew, everything. everything. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's like uh, basically this iOS, Android, UWP, Windows desktop, Linux desktop, Mac, macOS. Uh, if you're into sorts of other devices, there's tvOS. Uh, we getting watchOS is sort of in a branch, living there, waiting for a new release. Um, sure, I'm forgetting a platform. It's all actually on the GitHub about trying to keep that up to date and making it look very inviting when you go to the get landing page so it's on all those platforms um so that like as you were saying earlier google maintains the you know their native side of it on all the platforms and and so you've got to maintain you know the the skia sharp side of things um does that mean that we get to use you know write once run everywhere code for skia sharps you, you can basically uh because it's also sports.net standard and also dotnet core i knew i was forgetting something uh you can take a dotnet standard library write up your cool drawing picture and stuff and then you basically take that and just pop it on your platform and it will look the same pretty much pixel perfect maybe a couple of you know one or two pixels maybe a little bit darker or lighter but for the human eye i don't think there's a visible difference interesting so are there i mean i have to to wonder at that point then what sort of performance considerations you have to take into account then i mean if, if you're writing the same sort of drawing code and that's going to run you know, on a desktop that might have, you know, super fast graphics card and all that stuff. But then you mentioned watch OS and things like that, that are presumably a little bit less powered than, 
than a desktop machine? Um, like, how does that kind of translate? It's, it's sort of, I've, I've had a look at what Google's been doing and, and just pure on the deep native side, they've got like assembly snippets, you know, like, oh, this can be done faster in assembly, so they've done it there. Uh, C, C++. Um, they've also got some some using the intrinsic uh, types and stuff. So basically, they've tried to get the ultimate performance out of this thing. And basically, the it, it, it runs, I mean, I read a, a Flappy Bird clone with the, the bird flapping and a, pretty much lightweight animations and stuff. And it was running all my devices. I have got some old devices and it just totally ran fine. Uh, I know uh, Sync Fusion and other, other, other companies like that are um, Infogistics and stuff like that. They're writing chart APIs. I know there's a library that the guy wrote, uh, microcharts, and there's a bunch of cool libraries that, and nobody has complained about, no, it's slow. They've complained about other things like, oh, we need this feature or there's a bug, whatever that may be. I don't know what those are. And, uh, but yeah, I don't think I've seen a single complaint about slow. And even really, if you know it's slow, that you do have the, the graphics engine behind it, so you can switch, okay, raster-based is, is just not fast enough what I need to do. Um, let's switch to to the, the, the GPU. And now that I'm thinking about it, there's actually a, a framework, uh, Avalonia, I think it was. The guy did a, a partial backend for, for that on based on Skiershop. And, and he basically said it was a little bit slower than writing, you know, um, the DirectX sharp using the sharp DX binding. It's a little bit slower than that, but it wasn't as slow as you know. We're talking like thousands of lines and, and rectangles and colors and shadings and stuff. So, you know, I'm pretty confident that the performance is. Well, you mentioned that Google, you know, maybe they like drop down to different rendering engines on each platform. Um, <clears throat> I'd imagine that's kind of interesting from a like, you know, Skia itself is trying to be then a write once run everywhere solution like is their api look the same on all the different platforms or do you have to sort of accommodate different apis on different platforms for skia sharp to kind of unify it and abstract it for us i would say uh the, the actual uh, public api is is pretty much the same the only one thing that i did notice recently was uh, xps support is obviously only available on windows so they've changed the thing so you know compiler to remove them and like you know, if deaths, but I I basically just removed those because I rather have it uh, return now than not exist. So that that way I can use the same binding everywhere without getting like entry point exception. But I think that was the only case. It was like one method. But other than that, it's literally the same API runs everywhere, and they will swap it out for for native bits under the hood. Cool. So then um, I. Again, it's pretty cool that it sounds like Google's aim is already to have this cross-platform API, so so that has to make your job easier in just sort of exposing that consistently in, in another language. Is there anything that, you know, are you doing the same sort of types of, like, cleanup we've seen in the past, say, you know, cleaning up Java code to, to fit C-sharp idioms and things like that, that, that Xamarin would do for, say, Xamarin Android, or do, are you able to keep the APIs actually pretty consistent? Google's, Google's done a quite a good job with the API, so the amount of work to sort of make it .NET friendly, or because it's basically a C++ API that I have to wrap under a C API, but because I'm doing the, the actual wrapping, um, when it comes back to C Sharp or whatever .NET language, it is um, it's pretty much very similar to the native C++ API, but it's also they've done a good job, so the API itself is a nice API. Obviously, you know, when, when I've done that for the .NET, for example, I've added extension methods where appropriate or I've decided, you know, static methods here and overloads and stuff where they might have had to use different names and what. And I've tried to, for example, they've got the word like make surface and in C Sharp, we've got like create or 
we can just use the constructor. So those things like that. And also what I've done is I've, I've decided to, you know, well, I've seen that people are asking for like, you know, I want to ski a shop, but I don't want to set up the view and hook up everything in the events. So what I've also got is like a, quite a large set of, of views that basically run on all the platforms that support it. Like it'll be a UI view or an Android view or you know, a, a UWP element. And those views, and then of course it supports forms. So basically, you know, we've taken the core engine and we added, uh, as a developer, you can come in and drop in a view and pretty much get started on the paint method, which obviously it doesn't exist in Skia because they've just got the engine. Basically, it's meant to be done by the consumer. And of course, that's yeah, better those views, which really make life easier for everyone. Right. So you're able to just sort of layer in a, a sort of bootstrapping for each of the UI layers then to make it just one less one less thing that developer has to do when they're getting started. So then as someone who, you know, let's say I'm a developer and I'm looking through the the, the regular Skia documentation and, you know, or maybe I'm coming from that world and, you know, switching over to, to Skia Sharp. Is there anything that you can do in Skia itself that you can't in turn do in Skia Sharp? Or have you been able to expose everything? I, I, I would confident say we can pretty much do everything. Um, the one thing that you, you can't really do is uh, inheritance. So, for example, you've got some cool type in, in Skia. Let's say it's a native shared. You want to create your own one. Now you would derive from the base type and implement your own methods. That's that's not currently done right now uh, because I, I'm not I'm totally because it's converted from um, the C plus plus API. I've written a, a, a C API that basically just uses pointers back and forth and calls one lines. Uh, it's not so inheritance friendly. Um, that is cool because obviously with other languages, which is part of the design process, like use the C so Python languages or Go if you're into that, and you don't have to worry about you no know, the C uh, C plus plus. But you no, know, I have taken like for example. Uh, streams. There are some custom streams where you can implement your own, which they've done in the native side. And obviously, we can't do inheritance. So what I've done is, you know, we've got like wrapping objects. So you could create your own .NET stream and just pop it into this wrapper object and then pass the wrapper object. So it's not exactly inheritance, but uh, it works and nobody's complained about it for over a year. So so we talked a little bit about, that, about this being like a 2D drawing library, but we haven't really dug into what kind of drawing operations Skia allows like can you talk about um you know beyond obviously i'm sure you can draw a line and stuff like that like what kind of higher level operations are supported by Skia sharp well, well sort of besides lines dots and maybe rectangles and circles they've they've got uh, basically a path which allows you as if, if you've done w, uh, wpf or one of those xaml based ones sort of like a path object you can pretty much put anything in there basically if, if you think about the, the android's drawing api that is literally a Java version of of Skia. That you can, if you if you draw into their code, you actually see them calling Skia objects and stuff. So whatever you can do in the Android API, you literally pretty much copy paste and tweak it once or one or two places, and you have a Skia shop. But they've also got what they haven't exposed in Android is some cool features such as uh, mask filters, uh, shaders, image filters, color filters, and basically that allows you to, to do far more. Than just you know draw rectangles and a, and, a, and a blue circle, you can you can say all right I want to add a blue effect or a shadow effect or um, and it's literally just like okay uh, the blue will be a, it's a shader and you add that okay now I've got these two images I want to add a masking effect you create a new mask filter you pop in these images and literally on the next draw operation you know when you draw a red square there'll be little holes in it because you your mask happened to be a, a polka dot mask or something and those I don't believe are exposed on Android. And there's far more. There's just 
yeah, color merging and stuff. It's really, really cool stuff. Hmm. Is it, would you compare it to, to any other sort of drawing framework? Cause it, there's a lot of, there's a big variety of, of different sort of graphical and drawing frameworks out there from, you know, whether someone's int- familiar with the classic like system dot drawing or, you know, some abstractions like N graphics or any, any of these other sort of, you know, scene libraries and stuff that are out there. Like, does it sort of feel like any of those other ones or is it its own kind of thing? It's uh, okay. It's literally Android's drawing API. So if you're familiar with that and like that, then you literally you add SK in front of everything and you're pretty much good to go. Um, the approach is slightly different. Uh, let's say to, to iOS. In iOS, you would you sort of have the context and you would set on the full color line size and then you would draw a rectangle. Whereas this one is basically you set all those properties on a paint object and then you call operation and pass the paint object. So basically. It's a drawing command, and then you're saying sort of this is the colors, the, the, basically the paint and the paintbrush and stuff to use. So it's sort of that approach. Um, it's been a long time since done system drawing. You know, since I went to mobile, <laughs> it was no longer a viable option. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's sort of not quite the same. It's, it's sort of halfway between that and Android. Well, it's like Android, so it's, it's a little bit different. Uh, in graphics and, and various other libraries, which are, are really cool, is they're taking an entirely different approach. For example, in graphics is, is basically saying, all right, I'm going to use you know, uh, core graphics on iOS and, and say so the Android drawing on Android, and I'm just going to abstract it. So when you call drawing re- uh, draw rectangle, say, it's going to choose which one to do. And basically, you obviously don't come with any, any overhead. It's just literally you've got an abstraction there, like one level. But the, the difference is uh, the API set is far fewer. This is basically a small intersection of the APIs as well as, you know, uh, some things you just physically can't do without lots of code on certain platforms. So it's just totally gone. Um, mm-hmm. And Skier Shop obviously is, is totally a custom engine. So it does come with a little bit of um, payload over here, basically about four megabytes per platform architecture. So you know, x86, x64, but you guaranteed for a massive API and 100% the same working everywhere. Cool. And as I'm sort of thinking about it here and, and you sort of um, saying a couple times, like how similar it really is to that, that Android API, like if it does really come down to, you know, just tacking on a prefix of SK and before objects and stuff like that, um, like, are there any good, I guess I'm sort of thinking through some of the tools that are sort of out there, like, like there's ones like paint code that can actually generate Android drawing code for you or iOS drawing code or, or what have you. I don't know if those already do skia but i could imagine if it's really uh you know a pretty simple migration path that could be a kind of shortcut to to writing some of that code too yeah um those ones i don't don't think they really cater for skia sharp so you could probably do a little bit of android drawing and maybe tweak it but i do know um we do have i think it's kimono designer kimono designer uh that one is basically designed with skia using skia for skia and then they added other cool things. So basically... <laughs> Yo, dog, I heard you like skier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, and basically, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a WYSIWYG editor. You drag and drop, draw squares, draw lines. Now you've got gradients, you graphical editor, and you literally just like, okay, you know, copy, paste the drawing, and you, and you paste it in there. So it's basically, I think the design was like, let's copy paint code, but let's use you know, .NET, yay. And, and I think that's... Um, that's yeah. That's the approach. So that one's definitely good, and I've used it, and it's pretty pretty nifty. Um, you got all sorts of options how to export it. You know, just a lightweight drawing API or a fully featured class based cool 
you know, vector-based thing. And also, uh, there's, there's basic support, not, not too high core, but uh, for SVGs or, or other formats. You know, so obviously, you can load bitmaps, and there's a little extension library we've got that sort of can parse the basic SVG. And basically, uh, if you're fully familiar, uh, familiar with in-graphics, is SVG loading, sort of like that. But one or two extra features, because I've added them. <laughs> that was the minimum required to be a little bit better <laughs> than in-graphics. So, so you you forked that code basically, and and uh, you know improved support. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I d- I did do quite a bit of changes to along with the community. I must say the the community has been pretty friendly with us. Um, the skier shop, there's one or two guys that literally have contributed quite a bit. Of it, but with the SVG, there's quite a few people who have contributed little bits and pieces that have added stacks of features, like you can load. Um, like nested images or embedded images or it can do one or two things like that have weren't there on part of anyone and just like ah you might as well add it and i think there's a pull request for like masking support so it's slowly but surely getting there but on svg now that i think about it um google is um working under the hood in the experimental fork branch thing it's like a little bit of svg growing there a little farm so i'm i'm afraid to spend too much effort in our svg if google's just gonna you know next year Hey, we're releasing native SVG support. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, keeping track of those guys. Now, what about fonts? Um, that's always a, a difficult subject when you're talking about rendering. Does Skiasharp support fonts? And, like, how, do, how does that work? Can we use custom fonts? How how does that all play out? The, the fonts is, is basically they have uh, totally uh, gone down to the platform level. Uh, it's basically on Windows you just talk to direct right. You don't as a, as a, as a consumer, but the library is. Uh, so you say, okay, type on the load this font, whether it be a, from a stream, a file name on the system. And basically, when you, when you draw, it will basically goes to direct right and says, draw this. And on iOS and Android, obviously, the native drawing APIs on Linux, if you enter that, um, like font config and free type, it's, it's totally that. And, base, uh, and this, I, I haven't exposed it, but... The native skier actually has okay on let's say I'm on Linux, there's a free type, you just pass in the font that you've preloaded from wherever. So it totally works platform specific there. So as a .NET developer, as a C sharp developer, like what can you give some advice as to to what kind of font types are supported, you know, in a platform agnostic way? Uh, I think the the primary one is two type, uh, an open type and Basically, in my sample, I think I've got like three different font types, and I just marked it as an embedded resource and literally just get the resource stream and pass that to Ski and it does its stuff. And I've, I've got a, um, also some weird fonts, like not, not weird in the sense, but without English characters, like Chinese and in Hebrew. I mean, we're talking like massive Unicode base and just somehow sucks all that up and I can write in foreign languages. I don't know what I'm writing, but... And also, yeah... Yeah, and also with with one or two things, you can. It doesn't basically. I don't think the fonts really matter. If the system supports it, then you're pretty much good to go. And I think true type and open type is basically cross-platform anyway, so you're pretty much safe. I think. And you mentioned in passing there embedded resources, which kind of gets at one of the other sides of this that I wanted to touch on is like if I'm I'm a developer coming into this and I'm building, let's say, you know, a cross-platform app with an iOS head, Android head, UWP head. Um, and I want to share some resources like fonts across these different um, across these different platforms. Like, how would I? What does that actually end up looking like? It, it, you, there's basically 
whatever way, it, because uh, basically Skiershop is like, I want to load something, you can load a, a file name, such as a string, or you can do like a stream. So if you can get access to one of those two ways, you're good to go. So on Android, let's say you want to use the assets folder, you can read from the assets, or if you've got an embedded resource, which is pure.net, uh, let's say uh, PCL or uh, net standard, let's do that, that's new. Um, you basically just get the, the resource stream and you pass that to Skiershop. Uh, file names, yes, uh, you can download stuff off the internet and just pass the, the stream, it'll complete, complete the download, obviously it needs to finish the download first, and then it will just load that. So basically it's stream-based. If you've got a file, you can just read that, and in memory as well. Obviously, it's a stream, so you can just wrap it in a memory stream or or pass it. Uh, quite a few of them, for example, is like a data object. So you just literally say, uh, give it the memory block, and say, this is where the thing starts. This is the size. <laughs> Go ahead and load. So if you've got like, and that's really cool. I've used it quite a lot. If you've got a native one, let's say on the platform, another C API, some cool graphics engine that can do image manipulations or loading or something. You just need to load it up on that side, get the memory pointer, pass it to Skiershop, and it will just render or whatever it needs to do. Cool. And speaking of resources, you know, fonts are one thing, and then uh, you know, obviously, you're going to want to load some sort of image image assets and things like that. Um, you mentioned SVG. Like, what sort of uh, approaches and and things can you load for for image assets in a in a Skia app? Loading is, they've done a lot of work with loading, and basically if you can view it in Chrome, it's probably good to go. Uh, we're talking like some weird PNG with 8-bit colors or, you know, just JPEG bitmap, W bitmap, Web MP, I forget all these. There's, just, there's a massive list. There's even like ATC and X something or other. It's like some obscure Linux or maybe a Photoshop export. It even loads Photoshop PSDs, so... If you're into that, you can load a massive Photoshop file into your phone and render it. Oh, so, so you could just take it right from your designer and just ship it raw. You don't have to do anything, right? <laughs> yeah, make a whole app based on <laughs> You mentioned that um, Skiasharp, you know, you, you've used it to make like a Flappy Bird clone. And I'm just curious, like, uh, you know, talking about people like Infragistics making chart controls and stuff out of it. So is this a, a good option for making something that, you know, users can actually interact with, like figuring out touch collisions and things like that? Because Skiershop is, is sort of uh, the graphics engine, it, not natively, but we I have added uh, like on the view section. So natively Skiershop is basically, it's a blob of memory or a frame buffer and draw something to it. Uh, then of course there's the view abstraction, which I have, you know, spent loving time. And I, I was listening to a, a, a podcast by with Frank Kruger and James, and he was just like, oh, all good vibes and all these cool stuff. So it's basically, it's like if it's a views, the layers and stuff like that, I've added you no know, support for, for when you touch it, you can pick up coordinates. If it was a touch, a mouse click, if there was a pen, if it was a drag, you know, that, all those things. So that's totally built in natively. You pop in the skier view, you override the paint method or, or the paint event, and then you have the touch method or the touch event. Um, you, you're good to go. So it, you can't technically, like, oh, like you tap the image, like, say, um, you tapped on a blue pixel. You would obviously have to do the lookup yourself, but you can get the X and Y coordinates from it. But you could still have some ability to track. Is it really just like a, a hit point within a canvas that you're you're getting, and then it's up to you to know what's in that part? Or can you get a more access to, you know, specific things that you drew within that canvas? Um, so it's sort of... Yes and no, but you're going to have to do a bit of work. So basically, when you touch it, you get an X or Y coordinate, and 
couple of other metadata, but there's no real hit detection because the way uh, it's sort of implemented is that uh, when the, the view itself requires a repaint, then it just exposes you a canvas and you draw on that. And then when you finish, it basically pushes that to whichever engine it's drawing and then it disposes of the canvas. So um, there's no real way to say, okay, I clicked on this one, it was a blue pixel. If you want to do that, it's pretty simple. Just make a bitmap and track like that. Like that. It's basically just a, every time it paints, just draw to a bitmap and then draw the bitmap to the screen. And that way you can keep track of, of what you tapped on or, or hit testing and stuff, if it's transparent or not. Uh, obviously, we can add lots of features. And if people ask for that specifically, then I will definitely you know, investigate and see if there's a way we can do it. But I don't think you can do that now that I'm thinking with uh, like system drawing with the graphics. I don't know if you can get the color of the pixel under the top. That's, you know, I don't think so. It's been a long time. I'm not sure. And I guess that's where there's probably room for just building little engines on top of something like Skia Sharp that handle that sort of abstraction for you, right? And let Skia just handle the rendering, which it's made to do. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm just on there. You know, you, know, you don't want to like, whoa, I can add this. So let's add it. I want to add that. Let's add it. Yeah. And you end up with this massive library that's unmaintainable. Yeah, so if everyone does you know, their bit, we can get a nice ecosystem and just Skia Sharp is just the drawing engine. So the those APIs that you were just mentioning, where you can get events for at least those, you know, the X Y coordinate touches and and dragging and things like that, are those uh, totally platform agnostic events that you can tie into, or do you have to take those up to the the view layer every time? Skills depends on the platform. Let's say we're taking Xamarin Forms, right? That one, you, you pop in a form and you basically get a touch event, and it works hundred percent across the platform. They're the same. Uh, if it when you do like let's say a native Android or native iOS. You don't, Skia Shop doesn't provide you touch events. It is the, the platform. So you would get, you know, the touch event or the, the begin touches and the end touches or get gesture detection on that. So Skia Shop just draws it and on the native side, it, you use the view events. On Xamarin, uh, Xamarin Forms projects, I've done it like, okay, let's just hook all this up for you and you basically get an event. Because a lot of people were saying, I'm using a Xamarin Forms app and I want to do hit detection. And I was like, okay, I can just hook up all those events. But that's totally platform specific and it's got nothing to do with really skier sharp skier sharp is basically just a, a bitmap in memory draw to that so you know, the events are separate and you have to do it different either way because on ios you got began cancelled on android you got like one massive touch event so you mentioned a bit earlier you know that you've got different uh, view support for different platforms can you just kind of go into a little bit more detail about how you would actually add uh, the canvas to your app and like what different options there are in adding it to, to the various platforms and like what what do you need to install on each platform to be able to add these things okay so let's just take for example an ios app go to the nougat download skiershop.views and if you examine forms skiershop.views.forms and you pop that in and then you can use a designer you can just drag it out of the toolbox skview canvas view or skgl view if you're into that you pop it on and you give it a name or you override the paint method and you pretty much provide it with a skier sharp surface and basically you go from the like surface dot draw rectangle you know 10 by 10 by 100 by 100 you've got a nice little rectangle in the middle of your screen it's literally no work to add skier sharp you just install the nougat package and and that uh, frank krug was also mentioning for me it was just like oh, okay i'll do it because but then he was saying it's really cool is that uh, on ios the layers and basically you can have gl layers and, 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 and rastered layers or cool graphics layers 
and I did that behind there as well. So you want to use layers, you just like, okay, install the NuGet package. You can just new up SK layer and you just like button.add layer and pop that in and the events. And also I was, I was really trying to be nice to all developers. It's like on Android, you've got events, say, or overriding the methods. And on iOS, you know, people like to use delegates. You can just use a delegate there. Um, and on Windows, we love events. We don't have delegates and other stuff. So <laughs> lots of events on Windows. And, and that, that was, I'll try to make it like, if you are an Android developer, when you get the Android view, it will feel familiar to you. Uh, all the Androidisms are in there. Are there any sort of gotchas? Like, you know, you know, one of the classic gotchas on, say, iOS and using events is that you really end up with things like memory cycles and stuff like that. Um, you know, do you run into any sort of things like that in the .NET version of, of these APIs that, you know, devs should be sort of aware of or look out for? Well, like any iOS development, because it's a wrapping, if you don't release the, the resource, like, uh, either null it out or dispose it or you know you could end up with like somewhere a circular reference and it's just living forever but uh you know i suppose it's like any any graphics one you can't you gotta you gotta watch it because if your thing is is let's say you're making a game and you're going like a 30 frames a second you know in 10 minutes or even less like half a minute you know you would run out of memory so it's good to free up your resources but i haven't noticed anything specific uh, of, of memory hooks and uh, leaks and stuff. Okay, yeah, and you mentioned before too of you know when you're just you just create a new project and you slap in one of those canvases or you have the option of say like the the OpenGL canvas. Like when you know for for a developer who might not really know, like is there a big difference why you might reach for one versus the other or certain things that you can do in one and can't do in the other? But by nature of the GL, GL is just way faster. So as I mentioned, the Avalonia uh, thing, it's just pointless. They, they did have a sample with the, 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 the raster-based canvas. It just wasn't fast enough to render. It was like 10 million lines. So if you're doing something like that, you probably want to go, let's say you're making a map control. You probably want to go OpenGL because you can render way faster. But like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, well, you can suppose you can choose with the, like microcharts. And I think like the Sync Fusion... And the infogistics ones, they use the, the raster ones and nobody's complaining. The animation's pretty quick as well. You know, uh, Google's done a good job of keeping that engine hyper. So uh, for the average user, there's no thing. You don't have to worry about GR, does it support this version? Are these various shaders or whatever available? You can pop in that and if you notice that the app is slower, or then you can say, okay, let's switch to OpenGL and obviously the overhead of the GL context. You obviously don't want to have hundreds of little views all over the place. You know, each view will have a separate OpenGL context just by the nature of the view. The way I, I've written it because I can't cater for everyone. You know, you can't really have the label. But, but let's say you want to, you can just obviously use Skia Sharp and you can create one OpenGL context and draw hundreds of times in there. That's obviously way better. So if you really want to get that high performance, you're probably not going to drop in the view and just sort of hope for the best. You would micro and say, okay, I've got a whole app, let's create a context. And you can manage that entirely separate of Skiershop because when you create a Skiershop on the GPU, you basically say, okay, use this context and draw to the surface. And you've you got to specify what. So obviously in the views, done that all for you. So th that's kind of interesting for the from the perspective of say like a list view or something. Like, do you have any samples or have you done anything to to try and like proof of concept how you would reuse the same context for drawing a whole bunch of different items and list views? 
Uh, I, I haven't. I haven't actually have you done that with a with the OpenGL. My OpenGL knowledge is is not too great. Um, but I I have had and there was another guy who was making making a uh, an app that was using a lot of GPU and he didn't have problems. I don't know if he was using a, a single view and just drawing lots of times or if he had hundreds of contexts or he managed the context, but. But yeah, um, but it's normal OpenGL code. You can use like, for example, on iOS, I actually use OpenTK to do to do the work. So you can basically take an OpenTK context, just pass it in the, the context um, or the the. Let's say using a frame buffer, you've got a separate one. Just pass in the, the number, and you're good to go. So that that's going to be my my next feature request for, or, or uh, not feature request, but just you know to see a sample of how to do something like that. But um, uh, you know, you mentioned before that uh, there is a little bit of a of weight that you incur if you add Skisharp to your app just from the size of the dependency. Like what what does this look like translating into most people's uh, apps in the real world? Five megabytes or four megabytes per platform architecture, sort of flat out. It's it's because Skillshop is such a massive library. There is like when, when let's say you compile it with, without linking, you get like a, a two hundred meg package that per platform. So on Windows, let's say Windows WP, there's three architectures. So you end up with like six hundred megabytes, and that's not going to fit into anyone's app. Um, so so what what we've done is like okay we've exposing these let's say 500 methods or a thousand methods let's just take those and link out the rest and basically you end up with four megabytes so there was a trade-off that i thought we had quite a bit of discussion either way like okay let's do the big one let, let the native linker take over and you might be able to say well it's only going to add a one meg overhead you know of course you want that but for the average user you know it doesn't really matter if it's a one or two meg extra um that you're not using yet, it literally means they don't have to worry about all those things getting linked out and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's four meg. And I, I seem to remember that when you first started working on this, that overhead was more like twenty or thirty meg. So I, I think it's actually quite commendable that you've got it down that small. Yeah, uh, uh, you're removing some of those uh, strange platform things. For example, I think on iOS, uh, Windows, they were building in the ICU library, which wasn't being used. And the debug, I think one of the platforms, I forgot to turn off the debug. So basically, it popped out the 20 meg images, like, debug. It's like, nah. Then someone actually from the community said, well, I'll just turn on this flag. And then it shrunk down, like, 4 meg. It's like, whoa, <laughs> thanks. Um, so, so, and I realize you, you might be slightly biased to ask this question, too. But, I mean, we've been... We've been talking about a lot of the the reasons why you would use Skia Sharp versus some of the other stuff out there. I'd be curious to hear if there are any sort of use cases that you would point to as you know maybe something that you know people either use it and shouldn't, or you know certain use cases where the there are other frameworks or other sort of drawing approaches that might be a better solution, or if Skia really is that you know be all end all API for for drawing. Deep down, it's the best, but uh, I, I think. If you look at what Skiershop is, Skiershop is basically taking drawing commands such as draw X, draw Y, draw you know, circle, rectangle, and create a bitmap. That is what it does. So there are other platforms that do other things better. For example, let's say you want to do image manipulation. Skiershop can, they can blur and change colors and stuff, but there's like, a, let's just say, 20, 30 methods you can call and you can do some cool tweaks. So if you doing an exclusive, you load a bitmap and do modifications on that, let's say changing the contrast. You can do it in Skishop with one or two lines, but it's a bit of a waste. There might be other libraries, maybe purely managed, maybe 
other ones that just like I think uh, Image Sharp comes to to mind or or Image or Magic.net or Image. You know, they're using those ones. Those ones are are definitely uh, you know far more suited. You basically get a bitmap and you can do stacks of of modifications to that. So for image manipulation. You know, you can do it if you've got a basic one and your app is using Skiersharp, you know, you don't need to add a new library just to do one or two tweaks. You can definitely use Skiersharp, but you might want to look somewhere else if you're doing hectic stuff. Uh, and there was another one, uh, image, um, I forget, it came to me as I was speaking and then I was getting so excited here. Um, yeah, it evades me. <laughs> no worries. Hey, so, you know, we've talked quite a bit about Skiasharp. I'm wondering um, if you've got anything new in the pipeline and what's next for Skiasharp? Uh, more platforms. I think we're running other platforms now. Uh, as I said, watchOS, I'm basically waiting for uh, the, this current release to get out. And I want to upgrade to the new one, which will watchOS support. Um, and I'm basically listening to the community and say, like, what extra features do they need? So, obviously, as Google adds cool APIs, I'm binding those and making those available. But... There's quite a few. It's quite a large library, and I'm trying to keep up with everyone and saying, like, okay, what are you guys looking for? Um, but so far, there have been mostly, uh, I really want to focus on, on soon, is, is text. So right now, Skiershop is basically, you give it a string, it draws the font in a single line, and that's it. Um, obviously, people want to write, like, a text box with cool line wrapping and, and underlines and all sorts of bold characters with, you know, left to right and right to left. Those ones currently... You have to do a little bit of work. It is like a binding library that for half buzz I've done that can do some of it. It's not too feature packed. So I definitely want to say, okay, let's focus on on text. You know, let's get the text story right because all the tools are there. It's just that, you know, I've got to just work with the ICU library and get, you know, the full on awesome text. <laughs> and when you say that that you have to work on the the sort of text support and stuff, is that is that an area where there is just good Skia support that isn't exposed in a great way? Or are you just looking to sort of augment what Skia has and, and make it even better? Um, Skia, Skia doesn't really support that. It's basically a non-feature, which they say, unless there's some major requirement. But basically they say is uh, we can draw text and that's for basic stuff. But if you want to draw uh, wrap text and, and floating text and all that sort of cool stuff, you know, they say use ICU, get the, the pixels and, the, and the, the, the positions and the characters and just, um, you know, get this and pass it to Skiershop and we'll draw it. But the actual layout engine, you know, we don't provide a layout engine. And ICU or HalfBuzz is definitely the preferred way. And people have tried to write custom ones, but, you know, there are too many cultures out there with strange characters. You know, it's, it's whittled down to two people that can do it well. Cool. So, so Matthew, that was there's all sorts of awesomeness around Skia Sharp and stuff. I do you have any sort of closing words to to convince our listeners to go check out your stuff? If you want to write code once and run it everywhere and not be <laughs> phone gap, let's not say that. But, but definitely check out Skia Sharp. It is it is definitely a write once run anywhere because it's the best. Uh, Google spent a lot of time on it. You know, there's a nice .NET bindings for it. It covers everything. You can do pretty much anything. Just go to GitHub, download the nuggets, leave comments. Oh, it's one of the best. I'm really happy to work on it. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and we'll include everything in, in the show notes. All you have to do is just look right below the, the player on the page, and we'll have it all right there for you. But th thanks for, for taking the time to chat about this today. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
Absolutely. And thanks everyone for listening. And we'll see you next time on Don Mobile.